Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 116, Suffering for Others. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. The topic of today's episode is suffering for others. So it's really, really easy and really natural and really human, of course, that we suffer on behalf of other people. We think about how hard things must be for them and we see them suffering and we feel it. And in many ways, I think this is so beautiful. You know, it's like we're all, we're all one. We, we appear separate and we live in the, the experience of our separateness very often. But beyond that appearance, beyond the experience of separateness, which is created by our minds, we're all one. I would say we're all one person, but we're not really a person. We're all this one same energy. There is a connection, a oneness in everything that cannot be denied at all. It is it is clear in our experience. It is becoming more and more clear in our science. It is just the way that we are. So, of course, when we when when one part of us is suffering, we suffer. It's the same thing as saying when someone else is suffering, we suffer. You know, that someone else is really a part of us. And although no one loves to suffer, it it's kind of beautiful, you know, it's kind of it's kind of amazing. And and we need to see this. We need this more and more, I think, in humanity to see that we do when we do see others suffering, like we have this natural compassion because we recognize ourselves in them. We love them. They are part of us. And whether they're complete strangers or where they live in the world or what their political party is, doesn't really matter. We love them because they are part of us. And so when they suffer, we suffer. And when they're happy, we're happy. You know, that's why you you see those videos of like um, the military uh, dads surprising their kids at school and you're like bawling your eyes out all day. And I know that's not just me. <laughs> you see these happy videos, right? Of things like that. And it's like, you just think about that stuff and start crying because that's us. That's us. And it's that feeling that we're tapping into that is our bigger connection. So recently, I think uh, there's a, a lot of opportunities to suffer on behalf of others because we're seeing a lot of suffering and maybe we're seeing a lot of joy and happiness as well. I hope you are. But by, by virtue of being a human being in the world who has uh, internet and maybe a TV, you're seeing a lot of suffering. It's not balanced. It's not balanced. We, we're not given a balanced uh, view from out in the world. and and it just starts to skew things and we're seeing a lot of suffering. So um, what really, one of the things that really brought this up for me was I was talking with someone I know who's a social worker 
And we were talking about, you know, coronavirus, whatever, how life has changed and all of this. And, um, and her whole slant, I could feel just such a heaviness in her, such a heaviness. And now her life, as if her life is separate, we'll just talk about her separate life. Her life was pretty okay. Not a, she's healthy, you know, not a lot has changed. But of everyone I've talked with, she had one of the most heavy feelings around, around what's been going on. And she was telling me about all of the underprivileged people who are really devastated from all of this, you know, not us healthy people, people who have stayed healthy and are relatively privileged and can work from home and all of that good stuff. But, you know, the really disenfranchised people who are really, really bearing the brunt of this as they do when anything bad happens, anything hard happens in the world. And her, the heaviness I felt from her telling me this was like, wow, she is there with them. I mean, she is like swimming in how horrible this must be and how they must be feeling and all of that. And I love her for that. You know, I love all of us for that. Again, she's such a compassionate, loving person who's devoted her life to helping other people, which is just beautiful. That's great. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, why do you have to feel why do you have to feel so heavy? Like you're, you're a loving, giving person that wants to do good in the world. You have all this compassion and empathy for them. But why am I looking at you and seeing so much suffering? Maybe more suffering than what the people you're describing are going through, which I think happens all the time. And it, it really made me start thinking about this. And then shortly thereafter, I, I hope this episode isn't a big giant downer because <laughs> I'm saying some kind of negative stuff, but um, some like sad stories. But shortly thereafter, uh, my kids were in school and I could, in Zoom school, and I could hear in my daughter's room, their class had gone into breakout rooms. She's in fifth grade. Um, their class had gone into breakout rooms to discuss the question of, would you rather visit the past or the future and why? So in her breakout room, I could hear the kids kind of split, you know, and almost all of them uh, would either visit the past before the pandemic happened, when they could be in school together and all of that, or they would want to go into the future when the pandemic is over. And it just hit me. And this does not, this is my point. This doesn't mean that the kids were feeling this necessarily. But what my mind did with that was like, oh, this is affecting them so much and it's so horrible and it's so sad. So my point in this is that, you know, clearly if these, I would say clearly, if these kids are talking about, you know, I want to be before this or after this, of course it's affecting them. There's no denying that. No one's trying to say that's not the case. We don't need to bury our heads in the sand and not see that that's the case. And and same with my social worker friend, right? Like I love that she's aware of, of injustice and things that need to change and be improved in the world. But what I noticed about it and what I think is so important to see is that our experience of other people's suffering is not their experience of their suffering in a couple really important ways. Mostly, we 
we are full of so much natural resilience that when we suffer, there is, it's almost like this magnet of, of peace and resilience and bringing this magnet, like pulling us back toward home is activated. So we suffer, we're caught up, we're feeling horrible. And yet at the exact same time, we're being pulled back toward home base. We're being pulled back toward like our thoughts and feelings are moving. They're not just sitting there. They're wanting to change. We're, we're naturally, even things as subtle as like we feel bad, we just get up and walk around. It's like our body almost wants to shake it off for us. Or we turn on a TV or we take a drink, which are not the healthiest things, but things like that, right? Like ways that everything in our being is trying to, to help us move through this heavy stuff that's weighing us down. That kind of stuff is happening on our behalf by, our, by virtue of our design, by our nature. It's happening for us when we're, when we're going through really hard things. And that's true whether you're in suffering or whether you're suffering about someone else's suffering, right? That's always happening for all of us. But what's interesting is when we suffer for someone else, often our mind is just in the suffering and it's completely discounting all that they have working for them, all that, all that's coming up to kind of help them, the resourcefulness and the, the clarity that comes and the all of that that comes up that helps them, our mind doesn't see that for them. So I can be in a place where I'm thinking of a bunch of fifth graders who have been really impacted by what's happened in the world. And what what do I imagine? I imagine them all lonely and sad. And, you know, my mind makes up whatever it is, my mind makes it up. My mind does not make up that they that they still laugh at jokes. My mind does not include in this picture that maybe they've become closer with their families during this time. My mind doesn't put any of that in because that's not what a mind would do. A mind puts in what's consistent and what's heavy and emotional and consistent with what it's, the track it's going down, which is suffering. You see that? So think about this, like with people that, you know, we've seen when you hear about someone or you know someone who has like lost a child or just been through something really horrible, we say to ourselves and we even say to other people, I couldn't make it through that. I don't know what I'd do in that situation. Um, I can't even imagine, you know, and, and where we are in our heads and our reality in those moments and our experience is all of the bad, all of the bad. And we naturally discount or just don't even see the, the resourcefulness and the resilience and the peace that comes up within that person that helps them, that helps them in the moment. Our mind can't see that for them. But we all know, you know, if you've been through something horrible, yes, it's horrible. And there are little peaks of sun that shine through the clouds all the time. There is, there is the ability to have an idea to do something to help yourself or there is a nice memory and there are moments of breaks from all of this. There always are when we're in it. There are moments of, of freedom and breaks from the suffering when we're in the suffering. And then those moments grow and they stretch and they get bigger and bigger as we start to move through our grief. 
But when you're imagining someone's grief, you forget that. You don't add that part. I remember one of the, and this is maybe not big in the, in the big picture of things, but for me, one of the hardest times in my life is when I was trying to get pregnant for the first time. Um, and it wasn't happening. And, and I just remember a particular day when I was, uh, my husband and I were about to drive from, we lived in Chicago at the time, drive up to Wisconsin to visit his family for the weekend. And of course he had, has, uh, four very seemingly very fertile sisters who <laughs> all had lots of kids. And so there were going to be all these kids around and his sisters that just got pregnant easily. And, uh, and on the Friday before we were about to leave, I got a call from my doctor that this last round of fertility treatments I was trying once again did not work. So just found out I was once again not pregnant, had gone through uh, you know, another month of shots and all of this stuff for nothing. Um, and then got to get in the car and drive to Wisconsin and see a bunch of kids. And it it was really one of the hardest days of my life. It was a really, really low point for me. And I remember feeling as horrible as I felt. And on that drive, having moments, little fleeting moments where it wasn't there. And, and re- being kind of shocked by that in a way, like noticing, wow, that's interesting. I remember, and these are just two really crazy things, but this is how clearly I remember them from what, like 12 years ago. I remember seeing cows, as you do when you're driving to Wisconsin. And and I remember just remarking at like how beautiful these cows look just standing out in this field. And I wasn't thinking like, oh, I bet the cows are really fertile. You know, like there was, it just wasn't there. It wasn't there. It was like, wow. And then I remember we stopped at this Mexican restaurant that we like to go to. And there were little moments running into some of his friends and different things where I wasn't the person who once again wasn't pregnant. It was just gone. And there was... And, and there was laughter. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I just laughed. Like when my mind came back online, I thought, what am I doing? I'm, I'm devastated. I'm depressed. I can't believe I just saw, you know, my husband's friend from high school and had a five minute conversation with them and laughed at their jokes. How, how is it that I feel this horrible? And yet I just laughed all within like a, you know, five minute span. But how that is, is that the laughter is our nature. It is never far and it's always coming up. And when we know to look for it, we see it and we feel it that much more. But when we're imagining someone suffering, it's not in the equation. It's nowhere in the picture. So we don't see that at all. One of the very first uh, things I heard around the three principles um, when I first came across them years ago was a video that Linda Pettit had made um, on the Three Principles movie site, which was the only place to get any information about the Three Principles back in the day. Um, And she had talked about how her husband was, her first husband was killed in a car accident on Christmas Eve. And um, she got the phone call. She had a daughter and, and got the phone call that her husband had been killed in this car accident. And Minutes later, she's in obviously complete shock and who knows what. She remembers looking outside and seeing the snow falling and noticing, kind of like I did with the cows, but probably in an even bigger way, I like to think for her in those moments, seeing the snow falling and thinking, wow, 
so beautiful out there. And then having a similar thought to what I had, like, wait a minute, how, this is odd. My husband's dead. I just found out. I haven't told my daughter yet. And yet I'm finding the snow beautiful. And she says it in in such a nice way. I mean, I think, I think she said that she realized in those moments, wow, there's something in this that I'm, that I'm going to spend the rest of my life exploring, you know, how it's possible that these things can exist at the same time. And, um, yeah, that always really stuck with me. That was after my cow experience, but it helped put my cow experience into perspective for me. It helped me see, oh yeah, I've had that too. I get that. We all do. We all do. So just remember when we're, you know, when you're seeing someone else suffering and you're suffering because they are you, they are part of you and you're suffering with them and for them, that as much as our mind will only give us one side of things and say, oh, you would never survive that and I don't know how they're making it through and all of that, they are making it through and they are surviving because they have resources available to them. We all do that are invisible to us in that moment. Thank you so much for listening to Changeable. If you enjoy this podcast, please let me know by subscribing or maybe even considering leaving a review iTunes reviews are so valuable in helping other people who need change to find their way here. Talk to you next week.